You're listening to Breaking Formation, a podcast with your hosts, Jordan and Aaron. We are two former NFL cheerleaders using our platform to connect the pro dance community and redefine the word cheerleader one episode at a time. Welcome back, BFFs. We are so excited today to have Simone Miller here from the fabulous Similaware program. She, yes, and you know, I mean, just like jumping right into it, you know, we were kind of talking before we started recording about uh, the origin of the name because it's a bit... um, of a topic about it's kind of like a tomato tomato situation so can you (laughs) share a little bit about that Simone yes so first thanks for having me you guys I love that you're doing this um and yeah so I was just telling them before we started recording that it's a little bit of a Chrissy Teigen or actually her real name is Teigen (laughs) and everybody says Teigen um and so finally the day has come where we will clear it up <laughs> for years and we years set it straight. on breaking formation. <laughs> <laughs> right. You, you heard it first. <laughs> um, so it actually is seem aware. So it's a playoff of my name. Um, however, everybody says similar. I go, but I go by anything, <laughs> but if you want to be correct, if you want to be correct, it is seem aware. Nice. <laughs> yes. I know. I always, I even have mentioned it on the a couple of episodes before, and I've kind of been yeah. like, Simone, seem aware. I'm sorry, Simone, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was always saying similar because I think someone had said, like, it was the way that you pronounce your name. And I was, and what my my best friend's also named Simone. I'm like, okay, so Sim, Sim, like that, that's like how, you know, and it's, it's so funny because, um, you know, just, we're here. We're on the record. This is everybody's hearing it now. It is seem aware. <laughs> yes, I know. I was like just telling them that like the name was the last thing when building the business. I know everybody is so about like what's the name? Yeah. What's the name? And for me, I was like, I had so much to worry about. Let's just throw something at like and like it was the only thing available. And so, yeah, it's similar. You started with audition outfits right you weren't that was that became your first project before the actual dance training right yeah exactly so we started in 2000 and well I actually started in 2016 but we didn't launch until 2017 so it took a full year of just like figuring everything out and just getting ready to launch Um, and then yeah we started with audition wear Um, did that for about eight or nine months before introducing the training program aspect to it. Um, And that's really, I think, what took everything off um, Mm -hmm. was incorporating the training program. But yeah, it started just with, you know, dance where I had no clue what I was doing at (laughs) all, Um, have no fashion background, (laughs) but I learned and uh, just rolled with it. So yeah. Yeah, I remember finding on Instagram before you had your dance training back in 2018 and I was looking for an audition outfit and I think I had messaged you or you know emailed you and was like hi I would like to purchase an outfit and I met up with you (laughs) in Oakland I believe yeah yeah I brought my mom and I got my audition outfit from you and I loved that outfit it's still one of my favorites (laughs) well thank you I know and back then too was just like so like 
everything was so scrappy, you know, like you just wanted to get like one or two people to buy something. So I was like, I'll meet you. Like, I don't care. (laughs) I think we like met in your, I remember like you you were just getting started. So you were, I think, working like in your mom's like office or something, right? Like working out out of there. Nice. Yep. And I'm actually still there just because, I mean, Bay Area is crazy. Yeah. But yeah, but de- things have definitely changed, though, from it just being like just me, like just trying to do everything right. and then now building it to a point where you can have more of a team. So um, so, yeah, it's crazy times to look back on <laughs> for sure. Well, and now you have this great dance training program, which we definitely want to talk about. Yes. Yeah. I would, I would honestly love to, I want to, I want to keep rolling forward with this, but I really kind of want to start at the beginning and kind of like know a little bit more about you, Simone, and your background and how, you know, you got into dance and then professional dance and just share a little bit of, of the start, the origin story. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, it all started, just kidding. Um <laughs> Yeah, I actually, I've always been involved in like sports or something my whole life. So I was a gymnast actually growing up um, from the age of four all the way up until I believe 15 or so. Um, So gymnast first, and then I, you know, played a little bit of sports in high school, but then ended up moving to Los Angeles area for college. Um, I actually was a late bloomer to dance. So I was not the ones that grew up in a studio my whole life at all, which is very ironic that my whole life has kind of been surrounded by dance. Um, But when I went to college, um, I ended up being on my dance team there. Um, One of my first mentors taught me a lot, ended up dancing for a company in Los Angeles for a little bit. And that was like intense training as well. Um, eventually got signed to an agency in LA for dance and was doing the whole LA life of like training every day, taking a bunch of teachers, going on auditions. Um, yeah, I was signed to multiple agencies actually. Um, then booked, yeah, some commercial work and was just living that life. And eventually I ended up getting, or actually I'll take a step back. I auditioned a billion and six times for pro teams. And although I was successful on like the industry side, I was like not successful on the pro dance side. So it took me a really long time to figure out what I was doing wrong. Um, And then eventually I made the Warriors dance team here in Oakland in 2013-14. So I moved back here in the Bay and then have been here ever since. Been back since. But it's a little gist of my story. Nice, awesome. And what college did you go to? I'm curious. Yeah, UC Riverside. So okay, outside nice. of LA, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, but then I ended up living in like the Los Angeles area after college for a little bit. So. Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like um, some of the people we've had on the show, um, typically, you know, it's the opposite. Like they have the pro dance world, and then they, you know, go into the you know LA dance industry. Yeah. What do you think? Like maybe you were missing or something that you needed to work on? Oh, that's such a great question. Yeah, that's such a great question. I mean, I think for me, if I'm being honest, a lot of it was just the physical aspect of it more than anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I didn't really grasp the, you know, being a certain size and a certain weight um, and just your overall um, put togetherness. I don't know if that's the right Mm -hmm. Word. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, and so I think that was a huge aspect of it. And then the style is just completely different. So like when you're going from something that is like so intricate and like swaggy and then you're going into like big movement now and like performing in front of or trying to perform in front of thousands of people, you have it's a very different type of movement. And it took me a long time to really grasp what that was. There was no training program back then either. Yeah. So there was like no one to turn to. So you just had to kind of figure it out on your own. Right. So. Well, and like, I feel like with auditions, you know, and I mean, I never danced in the LA industry, but it's like, you can kind of like stand out and like, that's your way of like booking a job or, you know, making it big. But like, you know, with proteins, you need to almost like blend in. <laughs> completely yeah, opposite. so exactly. And it's finding, I think it's like finding the fine, the balance between the two, right? Especially for auditions and I think part of what has made even the training program successful is that we've figured out how to blend the two worlds where you can stand out a little bit, but then you're also not standing out too much where you won't make the team. And I only think I was able to do that um, because of the yeah. unique experience of coming from pro industry first. Okay. So you were with the Warriors, you said 2014? Yeah, 2013 to 14, yeah. So was that just kind of like, you know, like one and done, I'm good to go, I'm going to move on to bitter, bigger, better things? Like was this um, SEMAware project like at the forefront of your mind at this point or was this something that kind of came up later? What was like your next, your next move there, I guess? Yeah, you know, it's funny because I feel like I was one of those where I felt like I would – be in this world for a really long time, just for the amount of no's that I heard beforehand that I was like, oh, once I get it, I will not let it go, you know? Yeah. But that that year was actually very tough for me, mm -hmm. um, if I'm speaking candidly. And so I really had to take a step back and see like, okay, you know, what I thought I wanted, maybe, you know, this isn't the right fit for me. Mm -hmm. So I ended up just doing one year um, I was not even thinking about a training program at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like it was not even on the forefront. Um, but after a couple of years, I used to train people um, just one-on-one -on -one with privates. And eventually seeing that that was working for people, I was like, oh, I could might as well form a whole program or shape a program around this. And it just ended up growing and growing and growing from the years. So so yeah. So I know you said you don't have a fashion background. So what kind of sparked the um, inspiration for starting just like the audition wear line? Yeah, it's such an interesting story, actually, when I think about it. Um, <laughs> so I was working in a full-time job in tech at an ad operations company in San Francisco. And I just hated what I was doing, like literally hated it. So I decided I'm just going to save up money. And I'm just going to quit. So I had no plan at all. <laughs> and then eventually um, I quit in January 2016. And I don't remember. Oh, yeah, I actually do remember. So I actually got a job in L.A. for casting. And I thought that that was going to be my route. Woke up that morning, packed up my whole car the night before, and then decided I wasn't going to go. This time of my, yeah, this time of my life was very just, I just felt like I didn't have a purpose. I don't know. I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do and I couldn't figure it out. It just didn't feel right. And so 
I didn't go. And I think probably like a week or two later, I was like, you know what? What do I know? It's like, I know pro. I know that there's not a lot of companies right now that are doing audition wear. There's a market for it. And then so I just started researching. I started researching what a rhinestone machine was going to cost. I started like researching what it would, who would produce this? Like, how would this work? And it eventually just started rolling. Um, Luckily, I had the help of my mom, who is also an entrepreneur. And so she used a lot of her connections as well. So it wasn't as difficult right in the beginning. Um, But then as soon as you start getting some momentum, it just kind of fell into place. And then um, I'd be lying if I said I have a true love for fashion. I don't. But I do think I'm a great businesswoman. And when you see an opportunity, you take it. And so that's kind of how it started. And then it evolved into what I do really love, which is teaching and dancing. And that's kind of where I fell. So yeah. So okay, so you were doing that. And then I know you said you were doing um, individual training. And I remember our friend Nicolette trained with you. Yes, I love Nicolette. Because I didn't I don't think I knew I know I love her too. I don't think I knew that you were doing, you know, individual training um, until she told us but um, like what made you go into that? Wait, did Nicolette train with you before she made the team? Yes. So yeah. that was, oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. And this was before the training program. So she was one of my like private people that I was yeah. training with. Yeah. Your guinea pigs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and Nicolette was a person, she didn't have like really any dance experience and she made it her first try, didn't she? Yeah. I yeah. don't think she auditioned more than once. Yeah. Exactly. But, and she made it on her first try. Yeah. 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 It's one of, there's, I definitely think there is a, a skill to making it easy for people to understand this industry and what needs to be done, you know? And sometimes it can get very overcomplicated because it's an industry of perfection. And so we've definitely tried the opposite approach without saying too much or giving too much away of what makes us successful. Um, But I think there's a way of simplifying it and easy for people that don't have a dance background to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even I was actually just talking to somebody um, who I know wants to audition for a pro team. And she was asking me, she was like, do you think it's really necessary for like, I think she asked like, is it necessary to, to do these dance, you know, trainings or, um, like, did you, did you do it? She was asking if I did it. And I was like, well, first of all, I auditioned. My first year was in 2015. And back then, there, like you said, there wasn't any dance training mm-hmm. programs. There was nothing. So it's almost yeah. like the bar almost has been raised in a way. And so. Yeah. Well, and no. just to cut in real quick, like there, there wasn't even really any adult classes or pro style yeah. dance classes, period. Like yeah. that's just, that's a very new industry. That's, I feel like kind of, I mean, I don't know if it's Bay Area. It feels more Bay Area because that's where like we've all been centralized, but like there's so many teams over there. Like I yeah. feel like we were kind of in a hot or a sweet spot for those pro style classes, like after a while. Yeah, no, Totally. Uh, I would agree. It, it's definitely changed so much from back then, you know. Just even like in the last six years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I know other places are starting to kind of catch on. But and now, too, I think with COVID, obviously, it's a different world because now it's, right. it's so much easier to just like hop on a Zoom and right. then teach a class where even that has been so different than before. So, um 
I would say to your friend, I think it is necessary now be just because of like how competitive it was. But I think back then you had more like leeway, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think what's necessary to just as a general note for anyone who's asking those questions and reaching out to people on teams, like trying to get to know the best place to start in your journey to make a team. It's just using every single resource you have, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, like for us, it was, you know, at least for me, stalking the crap out of the team on the yeah. online bios, like knowing the names yeah. of the girls, yeah. the faces, like knowing the style from videos I could find on YouTube, just like very mm-hmm. bare minimum stuff, like, but, but doing what you can and what's in your power. And yeah, right now there's so yeah. much more of that. Yeah. Exactly. And also really sticking with what makes you feel good too. Like don't just take a class to take a class, right? right. <laughs> like yeah. take a class from a teacher or for somebody that you actually feel like you're gaining um, what you need to gain. Like if there's something missing, if you don't have great technique, but you have great power, then, you know, find a person that's doing technique classes, right? Um, if you want the whole experience, then yeah, go for a training program. If you feel like you can't afford it, or if you feel like um, it's um, too much, especially right now with COVID, like, I think it's totally okay to like, take a step back yeah. and like, figure out if it's really necessary for you, you know? Right. Yeah, pick and choose for sure what what works for your lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, it could get so overwhelming. And like I'm thinking now too, like if I were auditioning for a team, I'm like, this is so intense. Like scary. it just seems like, yeah, it's like so scary. I'm like, there's so many classes. You feel like you have to take everything yeah. with all these connections. And I'm like, uh-uh, I'll just – I don't know. And that was another thing she said. She's like, I'm almost feeling like I'm – kind of like obligated to take all these different classes. So yeah, I I don't even know. And it shouldn't feel like that. And so I think it's something it's a it's something this is me being candid with you guys. I just feel like it's something that as a whole, you know, the industry does have to kind of not necessarily address, but just be mindful, you know, even for me personally, I'm like, okay, what do I want my program to be? Now that there's so much out there, like how can I change it to really benefit the dancer and what they need at this time, you know? So something that's just been on my mind (laughs) for sure. So speaking of COVID, um, how has that changed for you? Oh, so drastically. (laughs) Yeah, so drastically. I mean, from everything from the setup right? Like now everything's on Zoom. And I'm such an in-person, like feed off of energy type of person, which most dancers are. Um, And so just feeling like you can't have that connection through a screen. And I think that's also very important in like a person's development in their training. It's not just about just teaching a move, right? It's like getting into the depths of like who they are, what they need specifically. Um, So not being able to do that. Um, obviously now with there being so many training programs, um, just trying to stay true to yourself and not getting caught up with what other people are doing, right? It's so easy to like look at another program or another person and be like, oh, we should try this because, you know, they're doing this, you know? And for me, it's more like, no, let's stick to what has worked and go with your gut on um, what you feel people need at this time. So yeah. Yeah. What would so I mean if we're talking about seam aware in particular what is 
like what is your like mission and what is like what what does it mean for you to be like true to your brand? I think we have a knack for really pinpointing what needs to be fixed, right? Or what can get you to that next level in a safe space, you know, without the pressure of feeling like you need to impress. And I think in this world, even when I was on a team, I felt like, you know, you wanted to impress your coaches, you wanted to impress and your people you're training with. It's always felt like an added layer. And anybody that comes to our training program, I want them to feel comfortable and safe that we're doing this in your best intentions and that, you know, we're going to be hard on you, obviously, but not to a point where you feel like you can't do this, right? It's always at the end of the day, like pinpointing what needs to be fixed for you and then being there along your own personal journey. So that's without getting in to too much but yeah well I mean even Aaron and I we watched a number of girls each year after we made the team go through your training program and even watching like certain dancers like one year and seeing them come back after taking your your dance training program like even like my little sister Amanda she was my little sister her first year like just watching her as like a dancer grow so much in like the short amount of time that she trained with you, like it was a true testament to like how like serious you guys are um, and how you guys really do have a, a knack for what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. I would also say to you, like, like you mentioned Amanda and I feel like, you know, especially in those first couple of years of the training program, a huge part of it is just personal development. Right. Yeah. And so we are not only, teaching you a move, but it's like really getting into the grit of like, what are you not um, focusing on within yourself that is not making you reach your full potential, right? Mm -hmm. And so there is a little bit of psychology behind it in order for people to, to reach the potential in a short amount of time. Like example for me to even not have a dance background, but get signed to an agency within a couple of years. Like I think that there is a mental play at that, that we've incorporated before everybody is like, you know, has done this now with like meditation and stuff. I feel like we incorporated a lot of um, self-development practices in those first couple of years. So definitely. And I feel like one thing I noticed too, especially, you know, seeing um, our, our teammates that, you know, our new teammates come from this, the SEMAware program um, is it did, it did kind of almost become its own team. It seemed like, you know, just even as like a very outsider looking in, it's like it it provided a space for women who, you know, whether it was their first or time trying to make a pro team or their fifth time or more, it it kind of created that little unit for them and, and was like a team in itself, which I thought was so awesome. Yeah. I would say like, it's probably the most rewarding part of the whole thing, honestly, because you know, you have a hand in like other people's friendships. And I think it's been great to to see, honestly, throughout the years where I'm like, wow, like I remember this group that didn't know anybody. Then now they're like hanging out and best friends. Like any single time I see a picture, I'm like, I feel just so proud of just that yeah. more than even people making teams like that's secondary in it all. So right. Yeah. It's like you provided a space for Cause that's how, yeah, yeah. that's how teams are too. You know, you, you meet people and it's yeah. like you grow yeah. these friendships and 
yeah, the like best like-minded part. and like in, like same interests and goals right, working towards that's a common great. goal yeah exactly and so that's why i miss in person <laughs> just because yeah. it's way harder to do that you know online but um yeah. but yeah i know you mentioned like meditation and just looking back on my years, like I'm like, dang, I wish I did your, your training program. <laughs> I needed that. Yeah. I'm like, dang, I missed out. Right. I know. And I think that's the same thing for me. I'm like, I wish I had this. Had and I that. think that's yeah. why it's like, it's so fun to look at it through their eyes now. Like being like, yeah. I'm in my early thirties. Like if I had this when I was like 24, 23, 22, when I like had no one to turn to. I'm like, game I would have felt game changer. Yeah. I would have felt so more safe going into auditions, like yeah. already having friends. And like, so, and that was one thing we really instilled in the beginning. I was like, hey, you guys have each other. That's way more than other people have going into these auditions. And yeah. so you already have a rooting system, you know? Yeah. Totally. Well, yeah, I didn't even put that together. I'm like, wait, a whole like buddy system for auditions. Like that yeah. is like, because it's so nerve wracking just being completely alone and just walking in like, hey, like it takes it takes a special person to like have confidence and do that. And, you know, it definitely yeah. eases that process. It's really awesome. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, proud of it. <laughs> yeah. So um, moving forward, I mean, hopefully COVID is not... You know, here to, yes here <laughs> but, um what are your like goals like moving forward with with everything yeah I think I'm in a transitioning phase to be honest um so outside of um doing this I'm also a talent agent and so I'm a talent agent in LA for commercial tv and film and so I've gone back and forth quite a bit on like okay what is the next chapter for SEMA because I'm also yeah. kind of heading into the next chapter of my life um and I still want it to be a place that's safe for people so I still want to keep it going but I also just don't want to overwhelm the market right now and so yeah. for us we're probably going to just come back this year with um just like a summer intensive, something small, one for everybody's safety too. I don't want to have a room full of like when we were having 65 and 70 people. I definitely do not want that to be the case. So we'll probably just have a small intensive both in LA and here in the Bay, which is our two like main homes. Um, And then reevaluate after COVID really is Mm -hmm. kind of where I'm at just to see where the industry is at, where the business is at. um, And, what role we play in all of this and just reevaluate. So it's still TBD to be determined. Life has a way of working out, you know, working things out. The way that they were meant to, meant to be. Exactly. Exactly. Definitely a transition period for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been talking to a lot of people lately and, you know, obviously it's been like a really tough last year. Um, for a lot of different people, but I think that in a way it's almost like allowing for people to kind of like find a new path. Yeah. You know? Um. So it's almost like been like a blessing. And exactly. Blessing in disguise, I should say. There it is. <laughs> well, it's like the thing is like yeah, there there. It's not like there hasn't been any positives we've seen come out of this like huge like crazy earth shaking situation, right? And I think part of that is like connection and and making the world feel smaller somehow 
And and I mean, I think that's especially true. And we can tie that even back into this podcast, you know, like where we've kind of made the pro cheerleading world, which I mean, it was pretty small to begin with. Like, I feel like we do talk <laughs> about that, yeah. but it's like we've made it feel like even just more so like a community. So, yeah, exactly. And, exactly. And kudos to you guys, too, for starting this. I feel like we need more platforms like this out there to not only like tell our story, which is very important, um, but just to keep it something for ourselves, you know, with just all the changes that have been happening in the industry, you know, so it's like letting us still create the narrative, you know, definitely, which is unfortunate. We actually, we just interviewed with um, Makiba from Pro Cheer Podcast. And yeah, that was love her yeah we we just talked all about that it was because it it also is you know she's something she encountered was she really was only or mostly able to speak with alumni dancers Mm. uh because of Mm. you know the kind of i don't know nature of contracts and being able to speak to like we're i mean we're literally media at this point i think we're considered media (laughs) so um you know people it's like, but it is, it's exactly what we said. It's like, we want to control the narrative. Like we, we want like the outside world to know how we feel about certain things and like, and things that happen in, in this world. And that I feel like we always get so many questions about because it is such a small enclosed yeah. thing most of the time, but. I know. And hopefully it can get to a point where people that are on teams uh, will feel safe enough where they can tell their story or be without feeling like there's any backlash or that they can't, you know, and there's so much good in our industry that could be shared. But sometimes I feel like um, it's either you only hear the rainbows of it and then you or the extreme negatives and you don't get yeah. like the true in between. So hopefully we can get to right. a place where we hear the true in between where there's, yeah, there's negatives, but there's also extreme positives. Yeah. So I feel like that's the exact line we dance here at Breaking Formation. <laughs> that is the exact line. <laughs> we are high clapping all the way down. Right. There. Put me on your payroll. I can do your branding. Yes. Just kidding. <laughs> yes. Taglines. Right. That's perfect. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I know. We're trying to, like, I was just talking to Aaron and we're, over halfway through season one and we've just been like thinking of like how we can make this better because it's like you know we we interview people every week and we just don't want it to sound repetitive so (laughs) you know I just I hope that yeah we can keep growing too as a as a podcast and space for people yeah (laughs) yeah you will you just have to stay true and I think that's the biggest thing and the biggest lesson I think as an entrepreneur and or starting anything, right, is like staying true to yourself and what your ultimate goal. Like sometimes <laughs> you're getting into my real personal yeah. life. Literally every morning I have to like wake up and if I'm having like a rough week, I have to tell myself what my purpose is. And as long as I'm like consistently like, no, this is why I'm doing this and like nothing else matters. And then it'll come across that way, right? Yeah. So I think you, you guys are already doing a great job. So yeah, it's definitely a mental mental game. Yeah, <laughs> for <you>. sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like being on a team. Definitely sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly for sure. I would love to know, Simone, what like I guess 
if you had to pick one overall positive thing you've seen come out of your experience uh, with starting SEMAware, like what is that like top thing for you? Like what is like the mm. most, the thing you're most proud of, I guess. I guess we've kind of, we've kind of talked about it, but if there's like a specific like scenario or even like individual like story or like a time where you were like, where you like, it really hit you where you were like, wow, I'm really like, I'm, I'm doing something here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is such well, two separate questions. So, yeah. uh, usually when I'm like, oh, I'm doing something here, <laughs> this is gonna sound so like not like positive fairy tale, but <laughs> it's when pe- when people start copying you, you know, oh, yeah. I truly oh. think, yeah, I truly look at that and I'm like, oh. So, you know, I have something here that people are seeing is working. Um, And I don't look at it as a negative, you know. Yeah, it could be frustrating sometimes because you put your hard work and energy into something. But usually when you start to get haters or when you start to, which I don't really have a lot of haters. So I'm (laughs) fine in that avenue. But usually when you start to get haters or when people start copying you, it's a sign that you have something not necessarily that they want, but something that they want to emulate. And that is the highest form of flattery. of flattery. Yeah. So that in that aspect is one thing where I was like, ooh, I think I've I have arrived. <laughs> um and then the one thing that I'm most proud of, I think we've talked about it a little bit, but it's truly seeing the girls bonds and making teams. Like I live through other people's successes. Um And I love to see people win, as cliche as that sounds. And so being a part of that journey um, is really rewarding for me, especially since I'm on the other end of that and not really dancing as much anymore. So I think those two are my biggest things. And I feel like that, like what you just said, um, like you live through people's successes, like I feel like that is like what makes like such a great like teammate. And I think that's a lot of the times like what directors – and, you know, judges for auditions are looking for is like, I mean, you can be a great dancer and, you know, kill your audition. But like, if you're not a great person, then, you yeah, know, I think that it goes a long way. Definitely. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. I think it's almost more important. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And I think it's also just a, a symbol of like, not just a great teammate, but also just a great leader. Because it's not, I think, you know, sometimes leadership can be seen as something where, you know, oh, we're going to take charge and do things my way and like Mm -hmm. control the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But it's really about like the success of the whole and the success of each individual that is like now a part of the team. So exactly. Yeah. I think the theme, the teams that thrive the most to really tap into that for sure from a top down approach of like, you know, it's not about being the director or just being the top person, but it's about the, making sure that everything works, you know? So, yeah. Know. Yeah. Not having like those people that almost like, cause there's, there is probably, I'm sure teams, like I'm, I feel like Gold Rush wasn't really like this, but like where it's like they're veterans, they're, you mm-hmm. know, better like they've been the hierarchy like yeah like of course they have a level of respect and it's like you know people look up to them but I think it's important to have like a we're all equal yeah (laughs) we all 
it to this point. Exactly. Um, right. Well, I think one of our my favorite conversations we've had on the podcast so far, I, like one like one of the things that stuck with me is when we talked to Lindsay Rosenberg kind of about this. And she did a really good job of kind of explaining like, you know, like as a rookie, like you come in and it's not that you shouldn't be confident and you shouldn't like, you know, put all that you can contribute into the team but it's also like you have to find that line of like being humble and not feeling like that entitlement and I mean I think the same can be said for veterans too because I think it's it isn't about like making that such a hard line it's about just finding what you bring and what you can offer and I think what Lindsay had um, really emphasized was it kind of means maybe that translates into you stepping back and taking a look at the bigger picture of the team and seeing where you fit in and naturally will like fall into place and, exactly and I think I think that's just it was just it really stuck with me so yeah funny. no exactly and I it's weird because I've had obviously I was on a team but I also um ran the Oakland Panthers here the semi-pro team oh, for yeah. a little bit yeah and we didn't get to do anything because of COVID it's such a bummer for that you guys had auditions and then like what was it like a couple months later like yeah exactly and we were ready we were ready yeah. we were so ready but I think that was also a unique experience of like yeah I had the leadership aspect from the training program but then also just the leadership aspect of like actually running a team even though it was semi-pro and I think she hit it on the nail like seeing the bigger picture is definitely, you know, what you aim for and not getting so wrapped up in some, all of like the little things, you know, or even like playing into like hierarchies and all of that stuff. Like, it's like, you have stuff to do. Can't, you can't even deal with all that, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So speaking of Oak, the Oakland Panthers, is that, I mean, after COVID or is it just kind of everything up in the air or? It's so up in the air. I think nobody knows what's going on. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, nobody's. Yeah, so this was supposed to be the inaugural season and or 2021. Yes, 20, 2020. I'm like, I don't even 20. know anymore. No, yeah, no, right? what year is it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. I was talking about 2019 yesterday and I was like, yeah, yeah, last year. And I was like, I actually guess that would be no. Yeah. Everything's just blending. Yeah, everything's yeah. just blending. Um yes. but yeah, so now they're not coming back until 2022. Yes, 20 2022. Yes, and I have decided that I probably would not go back. Um I loved doing it, but I just, again, I'm in such a transitioning phase where I'm kind of transitioning a little bit out of the pro world, even though I'll still have the company within it. And so, yeah, I probably would not take it up. So if somebody's looking for a job, (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, that's also something like, you know, you have to find a way to move forward and and continue your your goals and your career. And I mean, it's so it's such a bummer because that is something that it was just kind of like a waiting game like so much of live sports is yeah these days it's like no one no one has any answers no one has a timeline so yeah totally understandable and that's what's been so hard even on the business end right it's like how do you plan we don't even know what you're planning for (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) exactly so you mentioned how you're a casting director um right uh talent agent i'm sorry i said casting director and i was like that's not the right word (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. And I, I mean, how – so did that come about after um, Seem Aware or – I almost said Seem oh, Sorry. <laughs> the question mark just you just pick one and roll with it <laughs> mumble it yeah so th- that came after um so I worked for Gatorade for about four three and a half years um doing market development and then um left literally right before COVID <laughs> and then I fell into um, being a talent agent through how did it even happen I think I just applied but it was just you know fell through, fell that, fell into my lap, which is also not usually normal. And usually you have to kind of work your way up. Um, But I've definitely been blessed and lucky in my life on the career end. I think it goes back to mindset, but it's a whole nother thing. Um, And yeah, and so I'm lucky enough now that I'm able to kind of do the same thing as a training program in the sense of like guiding talent, but just on a slightly bigger scale, I feel like. Um, luckily, like some of my roster, they've booked commercials and have booked one of my girls just booked NCIS. And so it's just been really fun experience again, kind of living through other people. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't think I'll ever leave the helping talent world, (laughs) honestly. Yeah. 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 Well, you said like, I, I got lucky, but I'm like, I feel like that, you know, helped you reach that to that point like if anything it was just a stepping stone very true actually very true are you working more or mostly with like actors or do you do any like dance casting or yeah so I'm only dealing with actors right now um just through our agency mm-hmm. um agencies in Los Angeles but obviously everybody is working from home right now um so mm-hmm. actors that are interested in commercials tv and film and so I represent all sides of that awesome. of that industry. So awesome! What agency, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, so it's SLA Agency in LA. Oh, cool! But yeah, that's that's cool that you're um, kind of going into the acting world. Do you have experience with with that? Or I was signed for dance, and then I went on my first. Um, like, I don't know. My agent was like, oh, you have this commercial audition. I was like, I'm not signed for commercials. <laughs> like, I'm so confused, yeah. you know? Um, and it's the same exact thing of just feeling a little bit like a fish out of water, you know? And then eventually I was like, oh, well, I guess people want me for this. So right, yeah. I'll keep going with it. Yeah. So cool. I have a little bit of experience on the acting side. And also when I was like a child, I did some like child okay. stuff. But you have experience. Um, yeah. But for the most part, it's always been like gymnastics and then dance as an adult you know yeah I feel like it's all related like gymnastics dance like acting it's all performing and like you're used to being in front of people and like having people watch you and it's like it's there's a lot of um similarities for sure overlap yeah exactly so so it's not really it's not far off to know to see what needs to be done once you have experience in the world especially for how long most of us have been in some type of like performing world you know right yeah, that's cool. Well, and I've always felt like, yeah, there's so much of dance that has, like, acting elements, too. I think it's, like, mm-hmm. I especially, like, you know, starting in ballet. Like, I know both me and Jordan started with ballet, and, like, <laughs> it's so much acting because you can't that's really. That's true. Actually, I'm I'm sorry. I don't need to, like, totally. But, like, I'm thinking about, like, how much I love that. <laughs> and, like, mime and, like. 
you're telling a story, but you're not speaking. So it's so much, it's a ton of acting. That is actually, yeah. No, it's so true too. Even in the pro world, I feel like you are becoming a certain entertainer for this industry, you know? So it's, playing a role, literally playing yeah. a role. Yeah. And yeah, so interesting. Wow. Didn't connect the dots that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we just got to get like singing down and we'll be triple <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that can ever happen for me. <laughs> yeah, it might be a little a little bit of a stretch. So funny. Honestly, I but... wish. Hilarious. So, Simone, for our final question, how would you say that you are breaking formation? I feel like there's so many ways to answer this. Um, I think for me, uh, I think it actually started before even making a team with just hearing so many no's in my journey. Um, I definitely, I think from the age of what, I don't know, 18 to until I made a team 25-ish, I was trying to make teams. And so being able to not only make a team, but then be one of the few to like run a successful business in this industry is definitely something that, you know, I'm very proud of and I think is not the norm. And I think that's the way that I've, I've, you know, stood out in this industry, in this world. So, um, so yeah, that's my answer. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, it's just, you've just completely created your own, what's it called? I, baby brain see this is what i'm saying like (laughs) nice word like what's the word yeah platform but i I feel like that's like not like an all-encompassing like thing for what i'm trying to say like just like i mean you you yeah community it's like you've pioneered this type of training program and and i i think you know we've seen we've seen how much it it grew and how it's evolved with this pandemic and i mean also just like finding a way to continue and create a business out of the whole professional dance experience, which is so rare. So, yeah. And hopefully more people can follow suit, you know, and like, and finding ways, you know, that are true to them to create more businesses and more Mm -hmm. in this space, you know, Um, because there's room for everybody, but you have to find what's true for yourself and look at Lindsay, for example, right? Like totally has created a whole world just around photography so um there's enough space for everyone just got to be brave enough to do it so yeah innovative yeah exactly yeah that's the perfect word well thank you so much for coming on we really appreciated it love to see you it's been a few years so it's great catching up thank you guys thank you thank you happy belated birthday yes (laughs) Yes. i have no idea what i'm going to do in this time of covid time this year but i know yeah covid birthday well yeah you last year you probably you were like right in the thick of it oh yeah (laughs) like last year we did like a zoom party and i'm like i don't want to do a zoom party (laughs) i just want to be out yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, well hopefully you you can you can do something fun (laughs) yeah totally but thank you it's been a blast and i hope and wish you guys all the success with this and hope that it keeps on growing for sure thank you thank you Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe to Breaking Formation podcast on all listening platforms and 
Follow us on Instagram at Breaking Formation Podcast. And if you have any questions or want to reach out, please feel free to email us at breakingformation at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at BFPomcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you.